Hello, what have we here? I'm going to read your thoughts. Let's see now, you come here from a great distance? Yeah, exactly. Don't tell me. Uh, that's how conspiracy works. Them boys on the grassy knoll, they were dead within three hours. I gotta tell you, these things are real. Since I joined these men, I have seen shit that'll turn you. Bogey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side. The dark path forever will dominate your destiny. Consume you, if will. No ticket. Earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. Still got the shovel. Alright, welcome back. <laughs> Worst podcast ever. It's only been like a month since we've recorded anything. Yeah. Sure has. Oh, man, a lot's happened in a month. Yeah, a lot of bullshit's happened. Oh, God. And it never ends. We're just fucked. I'm just waiting for the bombs at this point. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. Because just the minute you think, oh, this can't get any worse, this, he can't top himself. And then you're like, really? That, really? That guy? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you elect, you know, somebody that doesn't give a shit about anybody else. Right. And then be completely shocked when everybody he appoints is either racist, anti-LGBT, and oh, by the way, a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all the Democrats' fault because they didn't do anything about it. They're just like, oh, let's just run in a fucking corporatist whenever they're running a populist. But oh, it's crazy, man. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, and it, it kind of takes the wind out of everything because you're sitting here going, well, now what? Right. You know, because shit. You know, yeah, it could be bad, but, I mean, shit could get real fucking bad. Right. To where it affects everybody's job or everybody's something you don't even think about. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to keep getting worse. Like, it's not going to get better. No. Because, like, the Democrats have already clearly shown they don't give a fuck. All they care about is the bottom line. They're trying, but it's not all of them. It's some of them. You know, but same thing with the Republicans. The hardcore ones are kissing the brass ring. There's only a few that are going after, like, wait a minute, we need to look at this. You know, it's not about who won or lost. It's about Russia fucking with stuff. Right. You know? But then you get other people, like some friends on my Facebook, that are just like, well, quit complaining. We won. We put up eight years with Obama. You can do eight years with Trump. And it's like, you not see the bigger picture? Right. It's a different country fucked with our election like we're some fucking, you know, banana fucking republic that just gets handed, here's your president, brought mm-hmm. to you by, you know. Yep. Oh, it's funny, because, like, we've been doing it to other countries for the past 30, 40 years. Yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, oh, somebody, you can't just mess with someone's election. Like, we just put in fucking democratic elections all the time, and we're like, rig the election make sure we win even hillary got caught fucking saying that shit like oh well the palestinians weren't voting the way we wanted we should have just made it so we won that election it's like all right fuck you bitch (laughs) yeah yeah which my my thing is if the russians hacked the rnc as well but didn't release anything 
what did they find that they're holding blackmail over them? Right. See, that's the real scary part. Like, all right, they, they released everything to fuck up the Democrats, but they said nothing about the Republicans. So you know they got some fucking dirt. Right. Especially for the head Republicans to keep it a secret that they even got hacked. Right. <laughs> Probably makes all the sexting uh, male interns look like a cakewalk. Right. <laughs> it's probably because they're the ones fucking big kids in back of pizza places. You know? Like, Pizzagate's real, but it has nothing to do with, like, Podesta or any of those people. It's all the fucking Republican Party. Oh, man. And I just love how people cannot figure out fake news. Right. Yeah, and it's Hell, getting worse. all news is fake now. Now they're just, like, even CNN, even fucking all that shit, they're just like, oh, yeah, here's one-third of... Our side of the story. Yeah. Well, um, I saw a clip, and I think it's an old post, of um, Denzel Washington talking about news reporters' responsibility to not necessarily be first, but to be right. Right. And that everybody's lost that. It's all about, I've got to be the first one to break a story. And, okay, that's used to be how it was as well, but... You wanted to break the story correctly. Now they just throw out whatever, and nobody ever circles back and goes, wait a minute, we were wrong about this. This is actually what happened. Just that initial uh, pass is what sticks yeah. in the headlines, and you never get the actual truth. It's just exactly like, you know, horn ring in a pizza hut. Like, what? Right. You know. But I do have to give it up for all the kids in Macedonia that figured out to set up all the fake Republican news sites, and they're making thirty, forty thousand a month, just feeding all this bullshit to all these just douchebag Republicans here that were just gobbling it up like you know the Christian Science News Times. I mean, yeah. So I, I gotta you know give the little tip of the hat to the entrepreneurial spirit of that. Right. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I don't know how much they'll be uh, enjoying that money when uh, the Soviet tanks roll back in and be like, guess what, motherfuckers? Right. <laughs> you're, you're back in the Soviet Union now. But wait, we've rebranded. It's more friendly. It's the Soviet, you know. They're already doing that to Aleppo in Syria. Yeah. Like, they're seriously just murdering people in the street because no one's stopping them. Yep. And because we're letting them, we're like, whatever. Kill whoever you want. Yeah. Well, because the thing is, like, you engage. How, how do you do that without escalating it? You know, because clearly Putin's going to do whatever he wants to do. And the interesting thing is now we're deploying a bunch of troops to Europe again to rebuild, you know, the NATO UN forces that were always there during the Cold War. And it's, it's just building up again. And who who wins? Who makes money off this? All the defense companies. Yep. That's who wins in this shit. The rest of us, not at all. Yep. So that's kind of depressing. Yeah, I've just been in a state of depression ever since it all happened anyways. Cause, and then, like, stupid people are just, oh, Trump's going to make everything right again. He's going to fix the... Yeah, you keep telling yourself that. Like, it just blows my mind when people are just like, oh, he's the second coming of Christ. He's going to fix everything. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I totally agree, and especially to where they already have plans to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. Uh -huh. They already have plans to privatize Got Social Security. Yeah. 
and Medicare. Mm -hmm. So you're right there like, okay, everybody that's retired and a senior, you totally got boned, you know. And you're just going, what the, how many times do the Republicans have to shove their dick in the poor middle class of this country? White, brown, or black, it doesn't matter. They fuck them equally. Mm -hmm. But yet, when it comes time to vote, they always distract them with catch lines, catch phrases of, Make America great again. Oh, my God, the fags are going to destroy America. You know, like every election cycle, there's some hot button issue, like drill, baby, drill. And it it totally stops the conversation about what the real things are and what they've done in the past. Let's look at your record. Just let them go. Just let them keep doing it. Eventually, the oil's going to overflow into their fucking backyards, and they're going to have to fucking eat it. They're going to have to drink it out of their own water supply. They're in the same fucking boat. Let them go down with us. I don't yeah. give a fuck. But it, it, the, the problem is, they're standing on the other end of the boat going, aren't we glad the hole's not on our end? Like, what the f- You fucking idiots. Do you not understand that we are a consumer-based service industry economy? And if eight people have every bit of money in the entire economy, nobody's buying shit. So it doesn't matter if you have all the money. There's nothing left. Right. It's like you, you got all the places on Monopoly... Now what? Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. You own it all. Nobody's going to come to your hotel. Nobody's going to go to your fucking restaurant because there is nobody left with money. That's why I'm just full on, like, crazy batshit conspiracy theory mode. And the reason for this, like, I think, this isn't like I think, this is, I created or I joined a belief structure in the co- in the conspiracy theory that they're trying to thaw Antarctica to get to ancient alien technology <laughs> that was left in the base and that's why the Nazis went down there cuz they were trying to like uncover it but they couldn't cuz they didn't have the gear at the time so i think all the way back from like Nazi World War Two Germany, you know how like Henry Ford was like an ex-Nazi and all that shit. I think he like set up the whole automotive shit to cause global warming, to try to thaw Antarctic ice caps to get to the whatever is buried in there. That's interesting. Because I would rather have them do something like all of their stupid fucking policies. And all of them like, oh, climate change isn't a thing. What are you talking about? Like, I seriously would rather them be, like, malicious and have a plan that they're not telling anyone than to just be fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, I refuse to believe that they're just fucking stupid. They're intelligent and they're doing it maliciously and they're doing it for a reason. And to melt Antarctica is my reason. Interesting. Yeah, but the downside is if Antarctic ice caps completely melt, it breaks down the the flow and the food chain of the entire ocean. And when the f- that won't matter, not if they're getting alien technology. But but what? Okay, think to about get it. off the planet. <laughs> well, you're assuming it's to get off the planet. What if the alien technology is like fucking Instagram or their version of Paris Hilton's porn tape? Like, or what? <laughs> or what if it's not alien technology? What if it's just like a horrible frozen and ice creature that? They're trying to de-thaw. Yeah. 
I mean, that's always the assumption is that alien technology is going to be good, it's going to be great. But look at all the technology that we have. There's a lot of it that you don't want to go dig up a nuclear bomb. Right. You know, like, there's some that those warning signs mean something, you know. So, I don't know, but yeah, that that is interesting. Like, uh, that Facebook page, little where it kind of goes into a bunch of conspiracy theory and ancient alien stuff. Yeah, where the... Nazis built a big base down there, and the theory is a bunch of them went to Argentina and south of uh, the Antarctica because they have a huge underground base somewhere there. And then apparently there's a big section of it that even when uh, they're flying like medical missions and stuff, the airplanes aren't allowed to fly over; they have to divert around it. You know, so there's a big conspiracy theory about what's there. Why won't they let them fly over it? And know. John Kerry was just at Antarctica. Why? Why was John Kerry in Antarctica? Really? Can you tell me? Nobody can explain. He, he was just down there for a, a fucking... I don't know what kind of bullshit government excuse they gave. They're just like... Penguin photo peace, Peacekeeping. Some fucking... I don't know what the fuck it was, but yeah. Like, John <laughs> Kerry, just hanging out in Antarctica. He wanted Buzz to have Aldrin things. was down there. Second man to walk on the moon. What's that about? He had to get air, airlifted out of there because of health problems. Well, apparently the aliens can't cure old. Right. <laughs> but there, there's got to be something, you know. I mean, but that that Facebook page is interesting because they had one uh, bit talking about like footprints of like a human walking next to a dinosaur they found, and then somewhere there's like supposedly like a footprint of a human, like stepping on a trilobite in in a fossilized something, which it they don't show you pictures of everything, which is kind of crappy. But it makes you think because we, we always take time from our perspective right now of going, hey, there may not be life, there may be life, whatever. Okay, we are here. The earth is 100 and some billion years old. Who's to say some alien race didn't fly by, come down, walk around, look at shit, leave some evidence, like stepped on a, something while walking down a beach or whatever, and they took off. Or they're dead. Or, right. you know. Just because this is our time of sentient kind of uh, awareness and technology doesn't mean somebody else's time wasn't happening 100 million years ago. Yeah, and we see, missed it. You see that dinosaur tail they found frozen in amber that just had straight feathers on it? Yeah. And where they found that was in a fucking market. A guy was selling it. No. Well, the, where they got the original specimen from is there's these amber mines. Yeah. And they're thinking that there's all kinds of crazy shit in these mines. If there's, like, a fossilized, like, actual dinosaur tail. And there's actually enough material to, like, get information from it. Like, yeah. Like, specific chromosomes and shit. Yeah, exactly. But, again, they, they didn't... It wasn't an archaeologist that found it. It was a, came out of that mine, and it was for sale in a booth in Just a market. sitting there, like, hey. Yeah, a hundred million year old amazing cornerstone to archaeology just in a booth could have had it for 19 bucks or whatever the guy was charging like that's what blows my mind you know think of how many things are discovered like that but again you know look at the the country that it comes out of they have no economic opportunity except to exploit things like that that's where you get looting of uh ancient civilizations whatever because it's like fuck there's nothing else I don't know what this little statue is, but goddamn, you're going to give me 20 bucks? It feeds my family for two months. Right. Yeah. yeah. That 
is that's totally true. And the sad part is that that could be our future. <laughs> right. But what the hell around here is worth looting? Like, you know, it's going to be awful hard to sell a big screen to somebody else that's got the same one. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's depressing. So, oh, I did see a good movie. What's that? Arrival. Oh, I heard that was awesome. Fucking amazing. Yeah, I actually want to see that shit. Yeah. It's probably hands down the best alien movie I've seen. So, I would say it's kind of like Independence Day meets, um, oh, fuck, I'm totally spacing it now, um, where they drop her in the centrifuge and she, like, is on a beach or whatever. God, I can't, it came out in the middle 90s. Not ringing a bell. Uh, Contact? Contact, yeah. Yeah. Um. So it's like Independence Day and Contact and a little bit of Alien. Yeah. Kind of all mixed together. And it is the best kind of slow cook. You're not sure what's going on. Oh, and Memento. Toss Where they that like in. Tell, tell it like backwards? Backwards, forwards. But it's all cut so well that you don't pick up on it. Like after a little bit, you're like, there's something a little weird here. There's something. And then you, you, it becomes kind of clear. Not blatantly clear, but you, you and me would pick up on it. All right. Well, let's not talk anymore because I feel like we're delving in spoiler territory. But uh, Yeah. Anyway, and that's, one of the, that's one movie that I don't want spoiled. Like, I avoid everything on it to go the point where it. I forgot it existed and then in, ended up not watching it. No. You, you must see that. That's <coughs> incredible. Um, let's see what else did I go see. Uh, oh, Office Christmas Party. Oh, I heard that was really funny. Very funny. You know, silly, crazy, but you laugh all the way through it. It's got all the best com- comedian people. Yeah. And it, it's not it, it's not going to win an Academy Award. It's not over the top. It's it's light, funny. It's like watching the first Hangover, you mm-hmm. know. You just go to be entertained. Just go for the jokes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just the cast made me want to see it. Yeah. Like Rob Corddry, I think, is in it. You know who I'm talking about, right? The bald guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's in it, yeah. I think that's his name. Yeah. He always kind of plays basically the exact same character. Yeah, he's movie. just like that asshole guy that's yeah. just like... <laughs> yeah, he's just like blatantly an asshole. That's why I liked Hop to a Time Machine work, because it was like he was the main character of just being a dick. <laughs> yeah. And then everything just turns out in his favor. Yeah, because he patents everything. Like, hey, I made the iPod. Lugal. <laughs> he joins Motley Lou. Exactly. No, he creates a Am I a dreamer? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's along those lines to where it's just a fun movie to watch. You know, but, oh, seeing Star Wars tomorrow night. Yeah, you got those tickets? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Money for you. I can give you 20 actually right now, and then the rest. Oh, yeah, you want the tickets? Yeah. Okay, I thought you said you didn't. Did I? Yeah. You said no. Really? Yeah. I know, that's why I was like, did you have a fucking stroke? <laughs> yeah. Are you sh- let, me, let me see the message, because I could have sworn I was like, yeah, and then I was like. No, because you, you told me yeah, and I followed up, and then you're like, nah, bro, I can't, it's Christmas and all. 
Hannah broke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it turns out I'm less broke, so. Well, because I didn't, I, I that was before I got my paycheck. And I was, like, accounting for all my bills, and I was like, well, I won't even have money until after the movie, you know? And then I was like, oh, wait, I got, I got money. Do you still have them? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah I've got before. three of them. Okay, perfect. So if you know anybody that wants another, yeah, Angela's going. So I'm, I'm going to buy them both from you. Yeah, but I've got three. So. Oh, I was counting you as your tickets. No, I've got six total. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. So here's the shitty story, right? So I'm buying tickets using Fandango. Go through the whole checkout process, which is a fucking joke because the little button that says "Continue" after you put in all your information is below the goddamn screen on your phone, and it won't let you swipe up to click it. Alright, so finally get the motherfucker to let me do it after like changing 12 angles and all that. And it says, oh, sorry, something went wrong. Please try again. Like, what the fuck? Alright, so it wouldn't, it said it didn't charge my card. I'm like, alright, so I start over, try a different card, because mind you, this was Thanksgiving, I'm out of state, so I'm like, okay, maybe they think my shit's stolen or something. And it goes through fine. I'm like, alright, cool. Get the email notification, go to my email. I have two confirmations. I'm like, huh, they must have sent me a double email. Okay, maybe one's like my receipt, the other one's my ticket. I'm looking at it. I've got fucking three tickets each because it did my order twice. I'm like, really? Fucking really? And you couldn't call I'm someone and be like, hey. Call. It's the fucking internet. Who are you going to call? There's a customer service something involving money. Like, if they're taking your money, there's someone you could call and be like, nah. Yeah. At Boy, that point, I would just call the bank and be like, yo, these are fucking... You know what I mean? That's what I've done before. Where I'm just like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> right? I get charged for this. All right. Well, I figured, like, worst case scenario, because they're to the theater, if I... Because I figured I'd know somebody that would want tickets. If not, it's at the theater, and I'd be like, hey, can I exchange these and get, like, a gift card or something? Like, can I, I can I cash these in for other tickets later? Yeah. Like, fuck it. Can I trade you one ticket for some popcorn and a drink? <laughs> oh, fuck that. They'd want a pinky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're lucky. They're like, Psh, we have the movie. We can watch it for free. Why would we want your fucking ticket? We need we need blood. Yeah. Yeah. What is this, Chuck E. Cheese? You're going to need a hell of a lot more tickets than that, son, to get a popcorn. Yeah. So, yeah, 10 o'clock tomorrow night at the uh, movie theater up here at the mall. The Big D, the IMAX was sold out, so... Well, no not sold out, but they had, like, the shitty front row seats. It's like, fuck that. Right. You know, it, it's okay if you're not watching an action movie, but that, you're just glancing one yeah, side or the other. And you, you can't miss see shit. No. Right. No, but I've been watching the previews that have come out, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh. Oh, oh my God. So, awesome theory that the game theorists came up with for their film theory thing. Uh-huh. The entire cast of Rogue One gets captured and converted into the Knights of Ren. You remember that squad behind Kylo where you're like, who are all these motherfuckers? I bet you it's everybody from Rogue One, and they get captured and turned to the Sith. That'd be interesting. Right? Hmm, I don't know. I, I, dude, I, I just am stoked that it's old stormtroopers and the shit that you know, like the dark, creepy fucking empire. Right. You know, not the light and fuzzy in the prequel. You know, the confused bullshit. Not the fucking whatever in The Force Awakens where it's like, hey, we, we rebranded. Right? 
fuck? It's just us again. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, so apparently what'd you do? Do a Kickstarter and then you can have your own empire? I mean, right. how, how the fuck does this work? So, I, I don't know. I, I've i read some reviews of people that saw it, like, at the opening red carpet thing. They're like, oh my god, it's Empire. I think looking back on it a year later, or has it been two years? Just a year. It's just a year and then this is, okay, yeah, next so, like, looking back a year later, I think the most frustrating thing about the newest Star Wars is they're like, oh, how can we top the Death Star? Like, oh, I don't know. Let's just make it a planet and blow up five planets. Like, yeah. Like, they didn't go anywhere with that idea. They just, uh, blow up more planets? Exactly. <laughs> like, with the whole first Star Wars, it was really fucking crazy because he was like, no, this is your planet. And, like, made her watch as he blew up her planet. Yeah. If you just blow up five anonymous planets, nobody gives a fuck. You're like, okay, I'm sure there was people living on them. Yeah. Like, well, and, what was the... the uh, why? And they didn't build up and... Ex- you had no attachment to that fucking planet. No, any of them. Even no. the ones that the Rebels were on. You're like, oh, shit, they're getting fucked. Oh, they aren't getting fucked up at all. Why didn't they blow up that planet? Why didn't they blow up the planet that all the Rebels were on? Right. <laughs> What were they thinking? So you're exactly right. That's where they did it right in the first one because you had that instant connection of this is her home. You kind like, of like oh, that character. Oh, shit. They just blew up her home and they can just go around blowing up planets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that they don't give a fuck. They'll blow up anything. Right? I, Dude, I don't know. Uh, it, it's It was okay, but... Honestly, I have not watched it since we went to opening yeah. night. You know, because the, the the stormtroopers didn't really, you know, uh, get me. I, I wasn't really tied into that. The rest of the characters, I didn't really care much about. I mean, they, yeah. they were more interesting than the prequels. Yeah. I'll give them that. But it just felt like it was too much nostalgia Without continuing the story. Without moving forward. Yeah. It was like two steps back, one step forward. Exactly. And don't get me wrong, like, the CGI was amazing. Uh, a lot of the flight and fight scenes were really kind of cool. I, I like the detail and attention to the ships and the shadowing. Very much like the first three movies. But it's like, fuck, man, this feels like the same thing. And it, it was this long, drawn-out progression just to end on, like, well, now what? Wait two years, and you'll figure it out. Right. At least the original three kind of wrapped it up a little bit. Right. You know, with that, like, hey, we won, let's have a celebration. Well, I think originally they weren't anticipating to make sequels. I think they were just like, oh, Star Wars. Yeah. And then it picked up, and they're like, well, now we have to finish the story. Yeah, and the only reason uh, Empire ended with uh, Han Solo and Carbonite is because he didn't sign the contract. Yeah. So they, they weren't sure if they were going to kill him off or not. Yeah. So that's the only cliffhanger there was. Um, but back to Star Wars that's coming out, um, there's a audiobook or a book, depends on how you want to listen to it or uh, consume your stuff, called Catalyst. And what it, it, it just came out like a month ago. It's really good in the sense that it fills the time gap between the uh what uh, the sith returns or whatever the, the last prequel and a new hope yeah and what it does 
is it, it shows over, I don't know, a course of like eight years or something in the, the book of the Republic finding the, the plans of the Death Star in the, um, the droid factories. Yeah. And they're going, oh, Dooku's making this. He's amassing mass resources. What the fuck? We have to figure this out. And so the Republic starts building the Death Star as a secret project, and they start bringing in all these people to do weapons, to do everything. And so they started the original Death Star, and then it progresses through the transition to where Palpatine becomes the Emperor, and now it's now the Empire, and all that. And it's it kind of explains a lot of the backstory. Yeah, the, like the and, best part of the Star Wars. Like I haven't even read the books, but apparently the best part of the Star Wars universe is all the books, because the stuff they go into with the Jedi and like yeah. all the different kinds of Jedi there are, and they're all just like super badasses, and then like some of them like couldn't become Jedi for whatever reason, but they still have the Force and like all kinds of shit. Oh, dude, this this is great because it goes into all like the, the kind of like science of how they built it. And then uh, Governor uh, Targus, the the guy in white from the New Hope, Targus. Yeah, that was on the Death Star. His name was Targus. Yeah, he's the guy that that just guided the entire project from when the Republic to the Empire, and he just kind of shaped it all. Yeah, like he was the head dude. Yeah, so you get to see that progression of like he's just kind of like a yes man, let's do this, and the the way that it's powered, they explain that. It's um, uh, little uh, gemstones, like really? yeah, and, and the, that's what the, the uh, powers the lightsabers. The they're little tiny stones that the Jedi use that basically they could talk to and control somehow because they, they're basically alive and part of the Force. Well, these these Kyber stones are what they called. The Empire now is looting all the Jedi stuff, and these planets that were off limits because the Jedi are like, no, they're holy places. They have these Kyber stones. They're trying to find it and find a massive one that they add stress to with lasers and pressure, and it generates this massive amount of uh, energy, and that's how it, it powers the weapon. Yeah, so it's shit like that that you find out that you're like, ah. Yeah, like, it's all the cool shit, like how they build their own lightsabers. Yeah. And, like, you're not allowed to train as a Jedi after a certain age because you're, like, okay, so when you're young and you don't have like a fear of death you're just like you can do more things but once you hit that oh shit I'm gonna die it implants the fear of like now I have to like preserve myself and start doing things like evil like according to Sith you know because it's self preservation yeah and that's like why Jedi are only trained from a super young age because they don't have that fear of death and then it gives you faith and yeah it's easy to indoctrinate yeah well it gives you faith that you can make that like 4,000 foot leap using the force right? versus if you're scared of dying you're like nope that's a lot of nope dude I'm, I'm taking the stairs yeah. you know <laughs> I'll take the speeder bike thanks <laughs> exactly fuck you guys right yeah so dude I'm stoked about that like so I, I didn't read get through all of the book I'm like on the last little bit but it did a great job of explaining how the Death Star came about. Does it just stay in orbit, or does it land? Like, <laughs> No, they're building it above the droid factories on Geonosis is where they end up building it. So they basically get all the Geonosians to come together and build it. And Because I guess you know they work on a colony system, so if they don't have anything to do, they just fight and kill each other. 
you know. So they, they get all these drones to start building the thing. You know, I mean, so there, there's some interesting political backdrop that kind of fills in. Well, I mean, is it like, are they building it on the land? No, it, it's in orbit. Yeah, that's so crazy. That's what I always wanted to know is like, does it take off? Do they land it? Does it just stay out there? No, it's in orbit. And what's interesting is that they start like and drones don't need oxygen, so they can just oh, or they need pressure droids. No, no, they actually the the drones, the little winged flying things that you saw in uh, uh, episode two of the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. Those guys, yeah. So they breathe something weird, but um, so it's oh, wait, are they the things that uh? Watto is the dude that has Anakin as a no no I, he's something else oh okay yeah but um the it, it's it's built in orbit and throughout segments of the book they kind of visit it or somebody does so you kind of get a little like oh he's looking out the porthole window and where they build one ring uh the polar ring and then the equator ring and connect them and now they're filling it all in and they're pulling asteroids in from the Geonosis asteroid belt, melting them down for resources. And it, it's super fucking nerdy, but it's kind of how the sausage was made. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's like the actual story of story of Star Wars is really fucking cool, but at the same time, it's kind of like I want to know more of like why is your milk blue. <laughs> You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, so shit like that, where it's that, like, why is it doing that? And that that's kind of what these books do. Is it fills in some of those gaps, which expands the universe in a little, a little bit of an interesting way. But on the other hand, too, if you think about it, Star Wars is interesting because it's a universe that is in constant chaos. Yeah. Constant. Just where there, there's somebody trying to keep it together, but it's just flinging and coming apart at the seams. And then you look at Star Trek, and it's a universe of kind of peace with everything's going well, and they're trying to make it more peaceful and bring it more together. It's right. two, two different That's things. That's like the ultimate thing. Like, Star Trek, they were just like, well, we have everything we need. Everything's so boring. What do you want to do? I guess we have to trek. Like, we're just... That's all they're doing. Yeah. They're just exploring because they have nothing better to do. Dude, have you read the book Red Shirts? Uh-uh. Fucking read it. It's great yeah yeah so basically the whole premise is uh it's it's a universe just like star it's basically it's completely star trek right without saying it yeah and new recruits get posted on the capital flagship you know but magically all the officers disappear when somebody comes into the room you know (laughs) And everybody hides because they don't want to go on away missions because everybody on away missions gets killed, you know. And then, you know, they, they, somebody's got like this ultra bacterial whatever's gonna die, and they're they're hand it to the new guys like, here, solve this. I need it in six hours. Like, I, I don't know how to do this. He takes it back to the lab, and they're like, yeah, go in the supply closet, get the box. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, just get the fucking box, put it in it, hit the little green b- button. And in 40 minutes, it'll ding. <laughs> and it'll give you a readout on your laptop, take it to the bridge, let the captain read it, and then after a little bit, be like, oh, yeah, it's the simplex bonding we're having trouble with. And then let him say whatever he says, and then come back quickly, <laughs> you know? And magically, the guy will be healed. No shit. 
So it's like the backstory of all the red shirts in Star yeah, Trek of what they're doing. But it's even better than that. So it keeps going along and people start getting a theory of like, well, if you're on a away mission and you're with one of the officers, if one person gets killed and you're with the officer, you're probably going to live. You know, so everybody's like trying to not to be the one person that kills. In fact, they're like offing each other to be like, oh, I'm gonna, if I kill you, then the jinx is good and I'll, I'll live. <laughs> And what it comes down to is it's it's um, somebody on the ship has a conspiracy theory that uh, he goes back like 2,000 years or whatever and watches the old TV shows. And he's like, look, this all interacts the same way. I think we're on a TV show. <laughs> you know? And that's what it comes down to is there's a separate universe affecting their universe. And in the first universe, there's an actual TV show with these characters <laughs> that they're they're riding off and are being killed and it's killing real people so they have to go back like you know do the star trek like against the sun go back in time shit and they go to the first actual universe and they're tr- sitting down with the actors that are clones of them basically and trying to get meetings and going wait a minute you don't understand when you say kill this person jeff is a real person in our universe <laughs> you've wiped out Ten of my best friends. Dude, it is funny and twisted and fucked up. It's well worth it. That's awesome. Red it, shirts. Yeah, it, it's it's a very difficult read in the sense that it's, you know... In the sense that nothing makes sense? No, the way it's written, because I think it's supposed to be written like in a, a TV script form. Yeah. So it's, uh, Kyle said, da-da-da. Steve said, she said, he said, gotcha. he, you know, and, and it's just... He said with a line. So she it's said not with, like you're reading a book and, like, the punctuation. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you don't have a flow. It's yeah. that very choppy he said, they she said. don't have said. paragraphs. Yeah. So that gets a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also with the audiobook, Will Wheaton reads it, and he usually does a fantastic job, like um, Ready Player One. Amazing job doing the voices. With this, all his voices sound the same. So you need the he said, she said, and kind of have to pay attention because they A, they sound the same, and B, the fucking names are the same. It's like Darren and Derek. Yeah. And they'll have a conversation with each other, and you're like, who the fuck is saying what? <laughs> you know, so th- th- there are some flaws in it. Right. But overall, it is funny as hell, well worth it. So magic prices are going crazy. Really? Why? All right, so... <laughs> Are people going to eat magic cards? Supply and demand is a thing, even oh. in magic. Oh, of course. And that's always been the, the draw of magic, is that you buy the shit, it's never made again. Yeah. And if you can sit on it, magically, you're the only asshole that has mint condition cards that you can make a killer deck with. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is... So there's all, been all these cards that have been like at two, three dollars. Some of them at like twenty dollars. Twenty dollars for one card, dude. You know how much the most expensive card is? It's like thirty-two thousand dollars. Oh, I believe for it. one magic card. But I'm put. Let's put that in perspective. That's one magic card that's probably what twenty years old. We're talking twenty dollars for a card that's like what a year, two years old that you have. Something like that. That's incredible. Right. No. Oh, it gets worse. Worse so, or better? Worse. Depending on if you're yeah. what you're holding. <laughs> yeah, like, it's worse for me because I want these cards. And, like, oh. 
Chris, my old roommate that I used to play with, I gave him a deck that had one of these cards. This card started, when I got it, it was $15. Jumped up to 20 Jumped up to, like, 36 Yeah. And then they released these decks. They're a 100-card fucking singleton. There's one of each card. You basically just battle each other. And they released four of them. Now, these decks have become so popular that the upgraded cards that people are trying to put in these decks have just skyrocketed because they're like there's these cards that are like two dollars that are now fifteen dollars they stayed at two dollars for the their entire existence nobody even thought twice about these cards and then they release a deck and they're just like yeah yeah it's crazy so i'm going to dale's tomorrow and i'm gonna try to find some shit that he had forgot to reprice (laughs) (laughs) smoked a little too much weed overlooked yeah, like, or he, well, because he, he has so many cards that sometimes he forgets to reprice stuff, or, so if he hasn't caught on to it, I might go down there and, like, try to find the, Snacks. I mean, I'm still spending probably $20, $30 for a card, but it's $60, $70 now, so, if you look at that gap, you're, you're that, saving some money. That's some good money. Right? Dude, that always amazes me. And it's just a piece of cardboard, like, with pictures on it. Well, and that wears out. Yeah. Like, if you don't take care of it, like, it gets beat to shit. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're not putting it under, you know, neoprene, plastic, glass, whatever. Right. Yeah, that's why I, I double-sleeve my stuff. So there's actually, the card goes in upside down, and then it goes in right side up. So it's like, so if any water gets in here, I can just take the sleeve out, clean it. Nice. No damage cards. I, I do. I've always been shocked. When, when I was in college, a kid had magic cards from the early '80s, and he sold. '93 is when it started, or whenever it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I just I, I had to. Right. I had to correct. Yeah, I, I don't know when it came, but he had some of the first sets. He was big into it, and he had like the first couple of years or whatever, which they they never really remade. You go back in time, kill him, and take him. Dude, well, what's the because I knew nothing about magic. And he's talking about that he sold all his cards and bought a car and paid for like a year or two of college. Yeah. And knowing nothing, you just hear that and you're going, wait a minute. How many cards did you have? You know, because you're like, all right, that's possible if you get a dollar a card and you have a semi load of them. Right. But he's like, oh, I just had a couple like, you know, binders. That's it. Dude, they have lands that are worth like $700. Okay, explain to me why... Or to all of us, why is this a land worth seven hundred dollars? What what's that different about that versus? So know. it's basically is it, it beachfront? I mean, come on. Basically, like it's <laughs> it's like the equivalent of having boardwalk in Park Place when you see somebody lay that card down, you're just like, oh shit, we got a big baller here. Where'd you get that card? Oh, but is it prestige then? Well, it's prestige, but what it is, what makes it so expensive is it was only reprinted in, like, the one set. It was, like, Alpha, Beta, and Revised, or, or Alpha, yeah, I think Alpha, Beta, Unlimited were the three original big ones. And they just didn't reprint them anymore because they got put on the reserved list. And what the reserved list is are cards that they swore that they would never reprint so that the card maintains its value. You know what I mean? So they're like, well, if we make another copy of this card, it'll put more out into the fucking circulation. Yeah. Well, these cards, they're used in literally every deck. They're land cards, so you can't cast spells without them, but they count as two lands. Like, you can't tap them for two, but they count as either a red and a black, or, or a red and a white, 
are, uh, I'm sorry, the colors are, I'm off with colors. So they've got like a red and blue. They've got a red, no, yeah, red, white. It's basically any combination of colors you can have, but you can cat, lay it down, tap it. But there's no, they only printed them in the one set. <laughs> and they actually count as both those lands. Okay. It's hard to explain. So if you have this card and it can tap for a forest and a mountain, it's also technically considered a forest and a mountain. All the other cards don't do that. Oh. So if you have something that can search for a forest or a mountain, you can get that card. And It's all about being able to cast your spells in a timely manner and yeah. being able to like answer other people's cards. Because if you can't get your stuff out, you're fucked, and they're just going to steamroll you. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's basically like you're just constantly going back and forth. Like, I'm trying to kill you, you're trying to kill me, or stop me from doing what I'm doing. Right. And there's so many ways to win in the game that, like... So by dropping that card, it automatically gives you two plays that you can go off of. Yeah. It's, you're like, well, I can either tap it for blue, or I can tap it for red. Depending on what you need to do. Yeah. Okay, I can see the value in that. All right. And then most of the cards that tap for two colors, come into play tapped. So you have to wait a whole turn to use them. So what you're paying for is speed. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, $700, man. Yeah. The, the, like, pri like, I'll look at someone's deck and I'll just be like, disgusting, get away from me. It'll be like a $3,000 stack of cards. Yeah. Well, and, and, okay, it's one thing if somebody rolls up with that and they, they bought them when they were new or whatever, you know? Right. But when you get the, the little yuppies that are all over the world with daddy's money and credit card that walked out and bought a $3,000, $4,000 deck just because, oh, I'm going to play Magic this week. Yeah, I, I honestly, did, I, I'm sure there's people that do that, but I don't see a lot of people doing that just because, well, I don't know. I Actually, I do see people doing that because I've gotten people into the game and they're just dumping money. <laughs> they're just like, give it to me. Because yeah. it's that addictive. It's that good of a game, you know? Well, clearly. I mean, it's been around, and it's not only been around, I mean, it's thriving. It's the original trading card game. Like, they have a patent on trading collectible card games. If you try to make a card game, you got to go talk to Wizards of the Coast, because they have a patent on that shit. Genius. Yeah. Fucking genius, dude. Well, and, and what, think about it. Like, it, you get huge groups of people together playing Magic all the time. How often do you hear about people playing Dungeons & Dragons? Oh, it's still really big. It's it, just, the reason why it's not as big is because it's so much more cerebral and imaginary. Like, you don't have actual, like, hey, this is worth money. I mean, they have minifigures, and they have shit that people have, like, invested in. But it's not like, hey, look at this. Yeah. This is a card. Well, a card with cool artwork, with all sorts of different things. It's... Its own economy. Like, yeah. It's... It, it's, it's completely different and like look at this like, you see that mountain yeah it's actually special because it's full art normally it's like looks like something like where it's just like a rock or something i'll show you if i can find here so here's what your standard land would look like there's the plains and like yeah. tells it's you what it is it's just a tree and grassy plain yeah. yeah but like this there's like there's no text box there's no and it's just like full art yeah, and it's a volcano flame kind of river of lava. Do the exact same thing. Ten cents, maybe less, free, because there's so fucking many of them. Two dollars. Okay. That's the difference. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's just cosmetic. Yeah. Okay. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It, it is. It is. But also, 
I think to your point, if you're going to play the game, you want that off. prestige where it's like, oh, look, all my stuff's full art. And every one of my mountains are like that. Yeah. Well, not all not just full art, but where it's pretty and it's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's the difference between, like, looking at your child's, you know, third grade painting, finger painting, or going to the Louvre. Yeah. It's both art, but is it really? Right. You know? <laughs> What's crazy is even Shigeru Miyamoto said that his video games aren't art. He sees them as a product. I'm like, how do you mean it's not art? It's clearly art. <laughs> That's the only reason I got it tattooed on my body because it's art. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, did you see the uh, the Mario uh, video that I shared on Facebook? Oh yeah. Where, where he in Mario World? We're basically on the first opening where you, you jump uh, the gap, and if you miss it, you fall down. Yeah. Yeah. So he falls down, and it, it turns into a real person falling. Yeah. He lands, and there's just a stack of dead Mario's, <laughs> and like everything's all creepy. Yeah, and everything's like morphed and fucking zombie, and trying to eat him, and then there's a fucked up Luigi. It's like carving shit, like uh, castaway style on a rock of how many days he's been there, and he tries to eat him. Yeah. Because he, he's he's chewing on a dead Mario when he shows up, dude. It is the the weirdest like acid trip. Did you Mario. see the Minecraft one I posted like that? No, I didn't. Oh, it's actually. just as good. It's like first person, but it's real life. And this dude like goes into a cave and like hits this rock, and like diamonds fall out, and then zombies show up. Really? Yeah, it's really cool. Like, I kind of want to show it to you after this. I'm going to have to check that out. I, but just the, the level of production quality in this stuff blows me away. Yeah. You know? And then they have another one of uh, Fallout versus Skyrim. And it's the dude from Fallout with the Pip-Boy, and he's, like, fighting the Dovahkiin. <laughs> and, like, they hide behind a rock, and they just keep eating food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I gotta say that one thing I do love about the internet is you get to see this kind of creativity come out right. that you'd never see before. It's a, it's amazing, and then you get to see people actually make a living off doing like YouTube channels and stuff like. That. I just love that. But then on the other hand, I'm jealous as fuck when you look at like Cutie Pie made seventeen million dollars this year, seventeen fucking million dollars, commenting. On people playing Call of Duty. Holy shit! What are we doing wrong in life? Not playing video games and commenting on it? Yeah. But the, the top seven... Like well, the, top the other thing, too, is I saw this theory thing that... the re, Like, he almost... I wouldn't say took advantage, but he, he kind of gamed the YouTube system simply from his region... Because he, like, started his YouTube in, like, another country or something. He's and in moved. Sweden. Yeah, he's in Sweden. But the way, like, I can't remember how they explained it. But it was, like, the way YouTube worked at the time, because of how he had his settings set up. Or, he did something really smart that made his videos appear in, in like, other regions. Or, like, you had to have a certain amount of views to, like be on the recommended pages of YouTube's in various regions in the UK. So he was kind of gaming that system and just getting his face out there as much as possible. So then whenever it took off, you had people all over the world watching his videos. You had brand awareness. So you had no choice but to fucking make money because literally everyone in the world was watching you. And the hardest part of getting famous on YouTube is getting people to initially engage. That's that's very true. Yeah, I didn't know about that. That's interesting, um, but I, I was still I was reading a like a Forbes uh, breakdown of it, 
and the top 15 earners on YouTube. He he was the top one at 17 million. The lowest one was five million dollars. And and think about that. If the lowest top earner is five million dollars, that's a hell of a lot of distance from five million down to let's say five thousand. You know, think of how many people are in between that that area. Yeah. You know, and so I, I got me thinking about it. I, I was looking it up, and basically, if you can get a channel of about fifty thousand viewers, like subscribers, you can almost make enough money off that. You know, it's between like fifty to a hundred thousand a year is kind of what you can make, depending on how many videos you post and how many of those engagements. I wonder if they have people like. You know how they used to have World of Warcraft farmers where they would, like, make people in Korea jails, like, just mine gold in Warcraft. Yeah. It was, like, its own economy. Like, I wonder if there's people that do that where it's, like, they have 60,000 people just running through, like, creating accounts, like, watching video for retention. You know what I mean? Like, if you had a team of people, could you, like, game YouTube's own system by getting views and, like... That, you know okay. what I'm saying? Okay, so basically what you're saying is if you gaming YouTube in the sense that you create your own audience. Yeah. To, to subscribe and view your own videos that you're posting. So then your videos are getting 100,000 views and you're getting that ad revenue. Yeah. So you're, you're creating your own false economy. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because technically, I mean, as far as I understand, where you're using AdSense and it's 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 dropping in video pre-roll clips as long as those are being viewed as long as you're getting eyeballs on it you're getting paid something yeah so i don't think it matters where that comes from but as long as it's from different ip addresses all over the world i think you're right you can do it now you couldn't have a hundred thousand viewers coming off the same five ip addresses yeah you know yeah and they're really good about like catching fake accounts well, i mean if they were legitimate accounts that people were actually using yeah that would be that would be really interesting, right? I I don't know, just that it. I'm always fascinated by how people make money, and I think that's one thing that that's really kind of bizarre and bugs me a little bit is nobody talks about how they do stuff, and it's not from the standpoint of hey, I want to know what you're doing, how are you making your money? Because I want to do the exact same thing. No, I want to know how'd you get into it? Yeah. How did you become a YouTube star? What what what's the the background of it? The economics. How's this work? Not that I want to do it. I'm just curious. And they might have done something a certain way that you go, oh, that's interesting. I could take that little nugget and plop it into my little universe of what I'm doing. Yeah. But nobody does that shit. You look at all these videos that, that like sponsored shit on uh, Facebook that pops up. There's that one guy. Uh, that's always doing like in his garage with his forty thousand books and his Ferrari. Oh and yeah, that, that shit. fake fucking dude. Yeah, it's always like, oh, I, I read a book every day, you know, and and it's like he's talking about how much money he makes, and yet he doesn't explain. That's like how a he whole does. scam thing too. He got oh, in trouble. Dude, I looked into it, like, and I even reposted that video with the whole breakdown of. Really, he makes all his money because he has all these fucking dating websites like Nerds dot com, Meet Me, all this crap. And then his book of the month club is a scam in the sense that it's like, I don't know, 6900 bucks a month. And there's no fucking way to cancel it once you sign up. Like, you, there's not a cancel button. Like, you have to email somebody to try to get it to get canceled. And apparently it's like a six-month process. And he's got two or 300,000 people on that subscriber base every month. Think about that. 
that is like seven or eight million dollars every single month that he's pulling from people that probably can't afford that and has just given up on trying to get out of it. Right. You know, but the amount of videos that he posts, and I have friends that like it or like, oh, this guy's the shit because he's selling the typical douchebag American dream. Look at me, I'm rich. Okay, awesome. How'd you get there? Do you want to explain it? Scamming people, that's how you go up there. Yes, yeah. So you did it the old-fashioned way. Rape and pillage and fuck over everybody. Okay, gotcha. You're old school money. Dude, I, I don't know. But I don't know. That That's what I find fascinating is I wish people would collaborate a little more and explain, like, hey, here's something I figured out. Right. But everybody's too afraid to share decent information. It's true. Because we all could be YouTube stars. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to make $17 million, but, I mean, fuck, if I could make a few thousand a year, geez, that'd be fun. Right. Gotta get out there and do it. Stop hanging blinds. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not a problem. And that's the other thing too work. is like YouTubing is real work, you know. Oh, you gotta yeah, yeah, and that that's what's interesting. A lot of people don't realize that. And then I've seen videos and interviews with people that talk about like a five minute video takes them all day or yeah. two days to get it perfect. You have to, like edit it. And... Yeah, yeah, because you could tell like when somebody has edited a video. Uh, there's one guy that I watched that has a fish tank behind him, and all of a sudden the fish will just be on the other side. So clearly there was an edit. Yeah. But that's kind of like rookie versus there's other people where clearly they've edited it, but it's smooth. It's like studio quality. Right. And it, it, that's impressive. Like you've got to give it up to them. So it's yeah. a it's a tough nut to crack, but hey, you know, if I ever figure it out, I'll let you know. Right. <laughs> you know, just all play Call of Duty and screencast it. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's kind of all I've got. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm running out of steam. I worked 11 hours today, so I'm kind of yeah. hitting my wall. I know. I think we've covered it all from depressing to games to movies to right. entertainment. <laughs> and yet again, tune in, listen to it, listen to it in pieces, because it could be another month before we get together right. again. Oh, dude, we definitely got to do one after Star Wars. Not necessarily right after, but I don't know. We might be able to do like a yeah. like a. It'd be like one in the morning. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, I, I I'm pretty sure my schedule. Let me. Yeah, when does I, it start? Ten. So you figure, okay, it's supposed to start at ten. You got fifteen minutes of previews. You know, it's a two and a half hour movie, probably at least. What's yeah. really gay is I work at 7 the next day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll see you when we see you. Awesome. Until next time, guys, we'll talk to you then.